0: Hi guys, welcome to today's edition of Startup Couches. And on the couch today, we have Joseph. Joseph is the CEO of Play Tarabi. Am I getting that right? Play Arabi, it's difficult to pronounce. Or Play 3 Arabi. Play 3 Arabi, right. And so um, on the couch, we have people like Joseph who are building amazing products um, that is. Um, impacting our communities, where we learn about their journey and get inspired through the work they're doing that has brought us the amazing products we have in the market today. And so jumping right into the questions, um, hi, Joseph, how are you doing? Well, uh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm great. Thank you. How are? Yeah. Yeah. And I am great also. So what is Play 3 Araby and how does it all work?
1: All right. Uh so uh, Play3 Arabio Play Arabi is a games publisher uh, that focuses on one of the uh somewhat uh forgotten <laughs> uh, regions in the world the Mena that that would be Middle East and North Africa. Yeah. Uh, what we do is uh, localize uh, successful games into the Arabic language and the languages that are spoken in the region. Uh, some of them include uh, English as well as French. Okay. Um, and then uh, uh, as well as uh, localize to the culture where we adapt the game to feel like it is being made for this region. And okay. then uh, publish, publish it and, and, uh, and, and operate it. Uh, we work, uh, our focus is on uh, multiplayer, uh, mid-core and hardcore games. Uh, okay. so not games that you pick up uh, quickly, but games that, uh, users or players like to spend uh, time on.
0: All right. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing these are video games or uh, are they also mobile games? Uh, we're currently focused on mobile games only. Oh, okay. Mobile games. All right. Yeah. Great. Um, this is, this is amazing. Um, especially the focus on like um, the MENA region, Arab, French, you know, um, all of these languages are, as you have mentioned, sometimes overlooked by industry giants when they're producing games for like global adoption. So this is actually really, really nice niche to focus on. And so uh, my next question is, who are your main customers, who do you target? I'm guessing um, game developers, all kinds of game developers around the world. No, so, uh, maybe I did not explain it well, so, what we do is
1: become the publisher of the game, uh, oh. so the developers are our partners there uh, there are studios from whom we license uh the games. so, if you have a game um that that works with us, we look at it and it makes sense. We have an agreement uh where we help you with the localization as well as 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 do the publishing and then. Uh, there's uh, some sort of a revenue share between the publisher and developer, some sort of a standard uh, uh, agreement uh, with, with publishers globally. Uh, so when it comes to customers, where we make our money or or, or the traction, it's from actual users, from uh, you and I, from others who would uh, play our games, download them for free. Our business model is uh, free to play, so users would download them for free and uh, you know enjoy their games and if uh, they're willing to they're they're free to spend
0: oh oh that makes sense yeah and so um how do you make money from the customers especially if these games most of them are free to download um, yes in app purchases ads how, how how do you monetize yes
1: so uh we we focus on uh because of the type of the games uh they generally attract uh, a sort of Hardcore players. Hardcore players are not um, very happy with advertising. They prefer yeah. in-app purchases, so okay. uh, it is important for us not to have uh, advertising in our game. So we do not make money from advertising and we do not, um, let's say, disturb our users uh, with ads. They're, they're, so the difference between a, 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 what would they call a hyper-casual game uh, is uh, Hyper-casual game is is a game that you pick for a couple of minutes, uh, maybe never play it again, or maybe play it for a couple of days. And uh, generally, you you get ads everywhere. Ads when you finish. Levels, ads when you... And uh, the type of users that we target, they they prefer to play uninterrupted. um, And therefore, we do not serve them any uh, ads. And uh, so we only make our money if the users uh, decide to spend uh, inside the game. Okay. So okay. in our purchases, yeah. All
0: right. All right. So how would you describe the growth of Plate Tree RB today? You know, since you started, and I'm guessing 2016, how would you describe the growth so far? Oh, well, uh
1: it was a bumpy ride. And I think uh, uh, that's a, a standard <laughs> in almost any business, especially mm-hmm. in the startups who... who, who uh, who seek uh, massive growth, right? So yes. We actually did start with small games. Then okay. uh, uh, we started as a developer. We developed some small games, and we moved into publishing with small games. But then we went to publishing of of, of this type of uh, of games, and this took us a while. Um, and then uh, eventually things are starting to pan out pretty nicely. Uh, for for example, between two thousand nineteen. And uh, 2020 we, we tripled in revenue so 300 oh, wow. percent uh, uh, growth uh, uh, this year we're fundraising uh, okay. and um, uh, so if, if we stay the same and with, with no fundraise or no extra push we'll, we'll be somewhat we'll have a small growth uh, 10 20 percent but uh, uh, what we're doing is we're hoping that we can get a 10x. Uh, So, a thousand percent growth uh, uh, this year, this is because uh, uh, we have a couple of amazing games, Uh, one uh, uh, has already been there for a year and is doing very well uh, and uh, we'd like to start scaling it this year, scaling it to to millions of users, we've we've had uh, 300,000 downloads on it so far. Uh, mm-hmm. which is pretty small for, for, for any game. Uh, we've had games where we've got millions of downloads and that's that's important that at scale of a game uh, or any product basically, you need millions of users because that's when yeah. uh, it becomes big. Uh, so yeah. this year, uh, hopefully we'll, we, we'll we'll manage to do that. Uh, so bump your eye uh, and uh, looking good recently
0: yeah looking good you know having a 300 a, a 3x growth a since 2019 2020 is really amazing and you know just looking into the future of trying to 10x that is also really really a great way to look at your business and so you talked about currently raising right um you're currently raising how is that going you know so uh we have not been fundraising
1: for three years, <laughs> okay. and, and that's why that's, a, a, it's like, because um, this is a, I, I understand that uh, this uh, podcast is for, for startups and, and entrepreneurs and, and, and that, right? So, um, yes. generally, uh, startup founders should, should be fundraising all the time. Uh, yeah, didn't. and uh, we did not do that, uh, which is a mistake, right? Uh, and I have to say it's it's a mistake. And uh, uh, the the very first thing that was uh, not so easy is basically going back into it. So okay. um, in the past uh, two three years, say the last two years, been more focused on the business uh, rather than going and uh, and fundraising, which which uh, required us a uh, a while to get back into it to basically start talking to people remind them and actually the the ecosystem has changed which means there are newcomers and and then uh, there are others who have changed uh, their, their entire plans and strategy yeah, they, this is, yeah, yeah so everything sort of changed. so it, it has been like starting from uh start, all over exactly again. starting the fundraising all over again uh, we have some interesting uh, uh, some interested uh, parties uh, to, to, to invest. We're in the discussions. Uh, some have started their due diligence. Uh, some are asking their question. Uh, generally um, depending on who you fundraise from, the process takes uh, months. It is not a quick process. Uh, It it could be faster, but that's very, very rare in our experience. Uh, And of course, it could be longer. Uh, Some people take a long time to to fundraise once they start their round. Uh, Mm -hmm. It all depends on how prepared you are, how how clear the vision, uh, how uh, clear the value proposition uh, you provide, whether for the users, your partners, as well as uh, uh, your investors. Uh, so we, at this point, uh, I think we do expect to be able to close uh, the the round we're raising currently. Uh, it takes a while. Uh, what is good in our uh, situation is our current investors are also reinvesting in the round, which gives okay. confidence to new, um, you the know, new investors
0: exactly. All right, that's, 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 that's pretty amazing. It um, seems like your journey is going um, pretty okay, even though not so easy. Um, what would you say, I mean, aside the challenge of trying to fundraise again after three years, what would you say are your two biggest challenges you face today at Play 3 Arabic? Oh. Uh,
1: so, <laughs> that is a, a tough question the ability to identify your biggest challenge is always uh, uh, difficult because um, every day uh, we founders face many difficulties many things because for example we need to focus on uh, what what our product our company at the same time we need to fundraise at the same time we need to hire at the same time something goes wrong and you need to 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 take care of it uh, and therefore, it, it, it gets really confusing. What I believe, uh, we have uh, uh, t- t- two major challenges exactly. One, of course, is f- fundraising this step and the next, which is probably going to be more challenging because it requires a, a huge change in the company. Uh, so, uh, which, which is very tied to the second challenge, and that's why I believe is more important. It's uh, hiring or finding the the right uh, resources. We're currently a small team of uh, ten, uh, okay. and it took and took us a while uh, to, to to grow to this number because uh, it is not easy to find the right people, and uh, that is a huge uh, challenge for for every founder, I believe. In our case. I'm pretty sure it is a, a big challenge. We spend months uh, uh, interviewing until we, we, we hire someone. Um, yeah. And uh, we're still not sure how to accelerate it. So that's a, that, that's a big problem for us because by the end of the fundraise and therefore by the end of the year, we'd like to grow to 25 to, to, to a team of 25. So we have another yeah. 15 person
0: to <laughs> <laughs> <So> hire. <laughs> exactly,
1: and it cannot take us months per person, otherwise we'll never do that. And and therefore yeah. it is a huge and major challenge uh, for us. Uh, and I do identify the biggest challenge because when you're hiring, uh, in my opinion, until a, a startup goes to a series B even, not not A, uh you're 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 hiring very very important uh, people you're hiring partners uh who yeah, help yeah, you yes exactly uh, and so that would be the, the the two uh part of them is connected with better fundraise i should probably be able or we should probably be able to attract uh, better talent uh yeah. uh at the same time uh the better talent we acquire, uh, the better we scale, and uh, the the better we achieve on our goals, and therefore the better we fundraise. <laughs> so they're they're interconnected in a way.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I like how you see things. Um, and yeah, a lot of a whole lot of startups actually have that common couch have um identified um attracting a great team or. You know, resources to add to their team as one of the challenges that they face. So, absolutely actually something that um, you are not alone yeah. in, and in a lot of other founders like you. also yeah, this uh, absolutely. One one other uh,
1: difficulty, I believe, we face is uh, we work in the gaming industry. It's a beautiful. It's it's the biggest entertainment industry. Fastest growing. It's it's huge. Uh, yeah. However uh the region we work in and therefore the talent we're looking from is is very, very, uh, Local. Uh, very young in the industry. So finding okay. talent in this industry is more difficult. So for example, if you're building a SaaS uh, sort of startup, right, uh, which a lot of it okay. is, is is development and building technology. And most of that technology is a web-based technology. Uh, the region has been doing that for for uh, a few decades right uh, so mm-hmm. there is more experience there than in gaming which uh, yeah. basically started mm-hmm. by fan teams in the late 90s and the early 20 uh, and the early 2000s so it is a a much younger uh, industry for the for the region and therefore also talent uh, in that industry is we believe harder to find and we actually see it uh we hire a lot of uh, product managers uh, ma- marketeers and uh, and live ops uh, uh so for example the term uh, live ops is is, is not something uh, fam- people yeah. that are familiar with yeah uh, yeah I don't, I don't know what that okay means. so a live ops person is um so here's the thing uh Multiplayer games um, are sometimes identified or named games as a service or live games. These These are games who, once the product is there and once the user engages with the product, the journey begins rather than ends which means, uh, and, and, and users will stay with the game for a, for a long period of time. We've had, uh, we have users who are playing our games for years now, and uh, uh, they're happy. We, and, and, and the live ops pe- uh, person uh, job is to make sure that uh, uh, one uh, the users are entertained, uh, well served, uh, as well as create offers and events and contents. So basically, yeah. it's the life. That's why we call it live ops. Maybe it's the life oh. of the game after the user has downloaded it, and uh, yeah. uh, it's 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 interesting. A lot of it becomes uh, where we, for example, we create player communities and. Uh, uh, and uh, communicate with them about what what's coming and what they think uh, we we host uh, uh, in one of our games for example we host live battles every once in a while where a oh, part wow. of our live uh, uh, live obcenes would be uh, streaming and players sometimes join and it's it becomes sort of a um, uh, a, an
0: ecosystem
1: an ecosystem and, and that event is is, is some sort of a, of an esports, uh uh although on a small scale because we still haven't haven't uh, scaled the games to to millions of users yet uh but it's a small yeah. eSports event where also players uh uh not only play but also take place in commenting and 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 talking about what's going on so it's a, it's a, it's an, an interesting uh uh, operation and and that's all part of the live ops. Uh, a lot of people describe it as as similar to customer success, but I think we uh, there's there's a lot more to it because uh, it changes the dynamics of the game. It becomes more of a community, like you said, more of an, an ecosystem, and that's the role of of the live ops. And of course, the basic things, which basically answering. Uh, uh, Uses questions and comments and uh, and and and, and, uh, and all that. Uh, so that's for for live ops, which is obviously not something uh, uh, very well known in our region. And that is interesting because as a result of, of hiring uh, and, and training people in it, uh, uh, we're basically bringing this sort of uh, uh, position into into our region, and that is exciting.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I totally agree. I totally agree. I think this has really, really, you know, just opened my eyes a bit into like um, how um, customer experience is really different in your industry. And that's really amazing to hear how you are actually um, developing what would define a whole gaming industry in the MENA region you know, I mean, hopefully, um, <laughs> absolutely. But also yeah, hopefully. yeah, 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 <laughs> I'm really, I'm really, I'm really, I'm really, I'm really hopeful, uh, I'm really hopeful thank about you. that. Um, so my very last question would be, what is the biggest lesson you have learned, you know, throughout this journey at Play 3 R. Oh, uh,
1: that's a hard one. There are many lessons, but I would say, oh, yeah. uh, the biggest lesson was very well coined. or or stated to me from a mentorship call I had uh, yesterday Uh, someone in the industry building a nice uh, mentorship um, uh, uh, mentorship sort of uh, communication every once in a while uh, coaching me into how to make also uh, this grow bigger and and, and better Um, the the quote comes from the uh, from a, a play uh, by Shaw, and it goes: "The the reasonable man adapts himself to the world; the unreasonable one persists in trying to adapt the world to himself. Therefore, all yeah. progress depends on the unreasonable man." Unreasonable reasonable man the the depends on the unreasonable man yeah so yeah, yeah. the biggest lesson would be and I've seen it over and over um, as a as a startup CEO you have the duty to uh do right by your company your shareholders first and uh, your employees second um and, and the company altogether but by contract by standards it's, it's the shareholders because you're although it is your startup but you're running something for the shareholders as a standard uh, a contract and you always need to um, uh, keep that in mind and and, and be true to it uh, however uh, that does not mean uh, you should always listen to them because uh, you know better and uh, yeah. the lesson I've learned is um, many times I chose the reasonable path uh, a path where
0: yeah. uh,
1: in a certain situation that would make the shareholders happy and would be okay for the short term, but then it will slow down things in the long long term. But I need to do it because I need to, you know. Uh to be true to my show yeah happy. or I, I don't I don't want to say make people happy, it's about uh, uh you know uh following that that sort of responsibility um yeah. and uh, some of those things worked out, but uh, a lot of them did not, so uh, I believe you. the biggest lesson would be be unreasonable, do what is right. Not for now. Do what is right for the big picture. If you're not, uh, yes, today might be difficult. And uh, being reasonable means you'd like to survive the day or survive the month. And uh, and, yeah. and that is uh, that is a challenge for a lot of the startups because you know when when the funding is not uh, huge, this there is a struggle, <laughs> right? Especially in our region. Yeah. Uh, however, yeah. if Being reasonable enough to survive the day would mean uh, a smaller tomorrow, a smaller vision, or uh, uh, a slower uh, tomorrow than be unreasonable. Fight for what's coming in the future. And uh, um, that, I would say, is my biggest lesson. Uh, Even if you decline an investment, uh, when you need the money, uh, because it is not right, it is not the right partner for, for for your startup. Then that is what you should do. Be unreasonable and and uh, <laughs> and do it.
0: Yes, you know. and I see yeah. no. believe
1: yeah, um, that's the most important thing I've learned.
0: Yeah, I think that's actually really really a big lesson. Sticking to your vision, no matter how unreasonable it seems since your vision is the thing that really just shows how far or how long um how long term you're playing the game right so um i think that's actually a really really great lesson just long-term focus and sticking to your vision no matter how unreasonable it might be um i think just having that in mind as a found out all the time could help guide you through even decision making so on this juncture i'd like to say thank you so much Joseph, for- being on the couch today i have had a really really um interesting conversation with you learning about you know the gaming industry learning about life ops learning about customer service and how you know everything tied together even a little bit of esports, right which is a a, a, a if i really really love to see um play three rb also really get into when you scale um i think that there is a lot of Perspect in the future of play three RB and so i'm really really waiting for you I, i'm really also just grateful that you are on the couch today you know sharing your experiences and insights and so i like to say um thank you so much thank you again and thank you uh it's my pleasure i hope uh
1: i've added something to someone even if, if it's a little bit if if not uh uh but uh, I, I would like to, you know, say I'm sorry to others. But I did find this also uh, helpful for for me just being here. And uh, uh, a lot of the times we forget things until we are asked.
0: And uh, thank you <laughs> for asking me. Yeah. yeah, 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 definitely. And to everyone out there that is. Um, listening um make sure that you subscribe make sure that you share this and every single week you know you are assured that we're going to keep bringing you amazing people building great products out there like joseph and so until next week bye